This is Why Libertarian, the show dedicated to telling the stories of libertarians new and old, promoting libertarian values, and fighting against authoritarians, statists, feds, and anyone else who would like to steal your liberty and freedom. I am Matthew Strzok, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this episode. Enjoy. Yo, it is that time. I am Matt. This is Why Libertarian. A little late this evening, usually coming at you Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. But we got two awesome guests that uh, had to come on later, and so we wanted to make it happen, so we made it happen. So um, we are on this evening at 9.15. Uh, reminder, like, comment, subscribe, share, notification bell, uh, retweet, and if you're watching on the blockchain, upvote me because that is the only place I am monetized. I am not monetized on traditional social media. So definitely help me out there, especially if you're watching on Odyssey or Vim on the Hive blockchain. Uh, definitely help me out on that one. So without further ado, I am introducing two returners to the show. I got Magnus Panvidia and I got Jose Galasan. What's going on, gentlemen? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Ch -ch Chilling, watching the world go mad still. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enjoying this fucking banging ass elevator music you got yeah dude, that's actually, that actually a bop i'm not gonna lie <laughs> it's like elevator music that slaps is what it is Dr yes. drinking my, my fucking green screen beer mm -hmm. dude that is uh, that is so trippy that's awesome I, mm -hmm. I need to get that action working that's yeah that's awesome it's, it's a it's a two dollar walmart tablecloth hung up yeah. from the ceiling that's all it takes <laughs> I, that, look uh, it doesn't have to be expensive as long as it works, right? Right. <laughs> so, um, really quickly, uh, you got yeeted from twi from Twitter, man. Uh, yeah. What the hell, bro? Like, I don't know. I I I, I have did, my. I have did, my you, did you hard R someone? Like, what no. happened there? <laughs> I have I have I have a theory. Um, like I signed up to Patreon that night and then got auto banned off of Patreon, mm -hmm. and I was like. That's weird. I've literally never opened this website before. And then I went to bed and then I woke up to like a thousand fucking phone calls, emails, like text messages. Like, what's going on? What happened to your Twitter? So I'm like, what? And I go open my email and it's like, you've been suspended for violating Twitter rules and conduct. And then I scroll down like, oh, they must have like a tweet or like something I did wrong. Nothing. Yeah. And yeah. it's like no appeal. Nothing. Just gone. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome so i think Bullshit. it's because i tried to link my patreon and my twitter and i was auto banned on on patreon so it just booted me off of twitter you, you you matched a description magnus <laughs> yeah they got they got they got my they got my like like social security number and bank information and, and probably the fbi like flagged it or something and they just auto banned me yeah no no that that is like i hopefully you're back up and running a little bit so i think you you got the you got the patreon up and running so like Hopefully that helps you out. Just so. just just, just five thousand followers less, you know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I we'll get you back up there. I think uh, the good news is that there's a community of people that wanted to like step in and help you like immediately, which is good. So yeah, because uh, I've been having weird stuff going on with like my employment too, because I do like DoorDash and, and stuff like that as my only means of income right now, and mm. it, it it's gone to shit in like the last month and i'm like making like no money off of it so i've been scrambling doing every lawn mowing fucking pick up neighbors garbage everything i can imagine just to to keep shit going so yeah i'm really appreciative of everybody who helped out and and clawing my way out of the government trying to fucking kill me 
<laughs> yeah, I, which, which is the only thing they are good at, pretty much. Um, pretty much the only thing they're good at. But um, so, how's it been for you, Jose? Been uh, eventful or what? Yeah, it's been all right. Everything's been good. I haven't really been. I don't know. I've just been growing still. I've been. Uh, I don't know. It seems like every time I pop on here, I'm a, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger than my britches. Yeah. You know. So, but I don't know. I'm, I'm still just a lowly little peasant in this fucking this liberty world so you know but i'm, I'm enjoying myself it's fun so at least one of the three of us has been on with dave smith mm-hmm. yeah and dave dave doesn't follow me on my new account come on dave yeah come on dave what's going on <laughs> um you give me a lot of credit to to think that dave actually too he follows me but i don't think he tunes in on my broadcast yeah. that's, that's awfully adorable. Adorable. you never know you never know We'll we'll tag him. We'll make it work. I'm sure I'm sure he's just uh overlooked it because he's if not when I when I go to pork fast, I'll yell at him like Dave, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um so that being said, I let's open with that. Okay. So let's talk like politics, okay? So, you know, President Dave Smith, or at least nominate you know, the nomination of President Dave Smith for 2024. Like how much does that actually help? Like, does that really kind of move the ball forward or does it just kind of, or is it a symbolic gesture? I know me and Jose have talked about this before. So like, I'll flip it to you, Magnus. Like, is this just something that's kind of like a, all right, well, at least we have someone who's notable who can get on the, you know, the PR machine kind of like spots or does this actually move the ball forward for Liberty? I mean, like I've, I've always av- like kind of put forth that, if you're, if you're doing something that the government's legitimately afraid of, the power structures are legitimately afraid of, first they're going to slander you, and then they're going to try to take you down off of everywhere, and then they're going to kill you. So, yeah. like, Dave, Dave hasn't even started yet, and I wish, him, I wish him the best of luck. And, I mean, if, in theory, he none of those things happened and he got in office or something like that, then, yeah, he probably would be able to shake some stuff up to a degree. But the question is, you know, they, they banned the president of the United States off of Twitter and Facebook, what's going to happen to Dave if he even like has a chance of winning the election. I think a a lot of people underestimate just how powerful the opposition is in this situation. Yeah. So that's kind of my my take on it. Yeah. I mean, you look at Trump and like, I mean, I'm not a fan of Trump. I'm sure Magnus isn't either, but like he was only slightly differed from the fucking, the powers that be in some of his, like what he believed. And even then they made him fucking useless as a president. So like, the only shit that he got through that he wanted to do was the stuff that the establishment wanted to get through. Anything else that like was going to shake things up, they put basically put a kibosh on. And that'd be the same thing with you know a Ron Paul presidency, a Dave Smith presidency. I mean, let's be real. I, like, I mean, Trump doesn't have the balls that like a Ron Paul or a Dave Smith would probably have. So, but that's probably part of why he kept his head. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I almost guaranteed. I mean, like I have I have nothing on the inside to back this up. But I'm pretty sure in the last few days, it, it was there were some big ultimatums that were thrown at him. You know, they were probably like, look, shut up and go away. Or, you know, we're going to do this, this and this like that. That would not surprise me if that was something that uh, a conversation that happened multiple times, because just look at uh, what he could have done with the people from January 6th. He could have pardoned them ahead of time. They could have right? got super base. Just let him go. You know? Yeah. Uh, that 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 was that was something that was really telling. He he couldn't he couldn't even pull it together to pardon fucking Assange. Like like the the easy just home run Assange Snowden bang done. Yeah. Fucking 
I, I would have like a four out of 10 opinion on him until the end of goddamn time just for doing those two things. And he was on the way out. He had nothing to lose for it. And he didn't. So it's like, they, they probably told right, him he was going to, they probably told him he could do it, but then he'd switch positions with them. Yeah. That's probably what he told him. Or he'd be, or he'd end up dead. Well, yeah. I mean, like, Mitch, Mitch McConnell straight up said it, that if, if he had pardoned fucking Assange, he was going to assist in his uh, Trump's prosecution and impeachment. Straight up yeah. told him to his face. That was leaked by like Cassandra Fairbanks and shit. So it's like, oh yeah, this, you know, Dave said it himself. Like you're dealing with people that assassinate world leaders all across the globe and will drone strike children and wake up bright eyed, bushy tailed the next morning. Like, yeah, this is what we're fucking with here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. they set up, they've set up this perfect system because they've kind of bastardized what the, I mean, I'm no minarchist and I'm not some like one that gets a boner for the fucking constitution or anything, but there, to some extent, they, there was some legitimate, like they thought they were setting it up for checks and balances and all that shit but they completely bastardized and perverted it. So now it's your, you have a system where, you know, we, we have for the longest time, like look at presidents as if they're borderline Kings and they kind of, in a lot of ways act like it, but they also have these checks and balances. They essentially perverted the checks and balances to where now the checks and balances are set up that if they go against the establishment, they can be like, uh, uh-uh. but if they're like going with the establishment, they're like, okay, cool, go right ahead. And then they get to the diffuse responsibility and be like, Oh, that's all the president. But it's like, at the end of the day, they let him do it. Because like, Congress will block anything. Like, like he tried to pull out of multiple things. I know, I mean, not, not to suck, you know, tr- Trump's dick. I, I always feel like I'm, like, fucking defending him with a lot of these conversations. I'm really not. If anything, I think he's fucking useless. He's a great example of why, like, utilizing the political system in that way is, like, is bullshit. I know there's still, there's still the argument for, like, messaging, if that's useful. But, like, for actual, like, politically, like, utilizing political power... The, the idea that we're going to get someone in there and they're going to change things is fucking bullshit. Like it just, it just is. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah. So I, if Dave uses that bully pulpit, what would your preferred message be for him? Like if you could tell him like to, to have like one message that you thought was actually going to advance things, right? Like more than just collecting votes, more than just, getting people to sign up for, you know, quite frankly, bullshit LP, you know, uh, member dues paying member, right? Like if he could impart one message, what, what would it be to actually compel people or, or help, hopefully inspire people to move in a certain direction and actually increase Liberty for like the first time in 150 years in this country? Well, I, I definitely say, I mean, I'm biased, obviously, but uh, the fucking unity message, the un- yeah. the unity message, it it lands so well for the people that matter, and the things the the things the unity message is trying to address is shit that everyone has a fucking problem with, the fucking wars, the fucking drug war, the fucking bailouts, like this is stuff everybody has a problem with besides like diehard Obama worshippers and like George Bushites and neocons, yeah. which is a small percentage of the country. Almost everybody else, you go up to them, you tell them this stuff, they're like, awesome. And then, you know, like, if you can actually be postpartisan on that and, like, have the Libertarian Party be a postpartisan party and be like, hey, we're we're not only not on neither of these teams, we're way past them. We're, like, yeah. beyond whatever they're trying to do and all the bullshit they've been on. We're trying to do something greater than that. That's, like, the bang right there because I'm just some idiot and and I've been saying that and people love it. So like imagine if somebody in power started saying that thing and 
it's not even like I'm the first person to say this. I, I've in arguments with with some Mises caucus people that are very anti-unity. I've gone back and Dave said stuff like this. Ron Paul has like a whole speech about coalition building and like single issue and like reaching across the aisle. Like yep. all, all of the big people in the liberty movement have said stuff about unity. So it's like, yeah, let's just commit to this. Let's be the, the fucking unity party. And, you know, we don't have to water any of our bullshit down. We don't have to stop screaming end the Fed or, or, or reduce any of our opinions on anything. But let's just like really hammer home the shit that we know everybody agrees with us on, you know? I, I can tell you that that episode that you had the other day where you had uh, Reed was on for like a minute, but you had Ryan on. I mean, you were basically talking about Israel and Palestine, and then it kind of moved in some other things. But there was some unity there, and it was across a couple of different issues, right? And those weren't people that were all like – those were people that would label themselves as, you know – a cross section of different kind of political persuasions. If you ask them to like label themselves, yeah, it was it was Ryan Dawson, like Confederate flag waving Ryan Dawson with anarcho communist Californian Fiorella vibe in, and yeah. it and it works great. And I have another one coming up that's going to be um, three people from the black community that are all big pro two A. One of them's a, a, a liberal Democrat, the other one's Maj Ture, and then the third one is a BLM activist. But they all agree on guns, so let's. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna get them all on a fucking show, and we're just gonna talk about guns. This will be awesome. You and know any Hispanic guys? <laughs> well, we're, we're, actually, you, know, you just gave me an idea. I should. I should. I'm actually, I'm actually like Twitter friends with uh, the guy who runs the Latino uh, Rifle Association. So it'd be cool. Mm -hmm. You just gave me an idea. So maybe that was just a joke. That was a joke because my name. So. I, I, think, I think Jose was uh, jockeying for position on that one. <laughs> yeah, Jose, what the fuck? I'm actually. I, I don't know if you know this, but I am actually legit white. This is a pseudonym. It's just. But it would be funny to get me on a fucking show as a minority when I'm legit white. <laughs> I would think it was hilarious. What does the Latin community think about this? <laughs> Mestizo looking ass. But that was really compelling. It was like a bunch of people that like all and you know what? I think you talked about, you know, Assange on that and who was it? it was uh was what's her name? Misty? Is it Misty? Yeah, Miss, no, yeah, Miss Missy. She's like one of the biggest free Assange people that's out there. I mean like and there was a lot of common ground. And I think the best part about it is you weren't talking ideology. You were talking specific issues, right? Like this one issue, like what's evil and what isn't. And so like, let's fight the evil on this one issue. Ideology um, is fake and gay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ideology is stupid. And, and I, I get into arguments with people of like, oh, the Boogaloo doesn't have an ideology. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's the fucking point. Like, like, I know this is a crazy concept in 2021, but it's it's actually been the case for most of human history. Not everything is fucking ideological, you know? When when the oil well is on fire, the fucking guys in like the early 1900s weren't running around being like, "Who who's a who's a conservative? This is your fault." No, they wouldn't put the fucking fire out, bro. Yeah. Like you see a problem, you solve the problem. But now now everything's goddamn ideological. Fucking movies are ideological, podcasts Fucking, there's the giant liberty drama because one person talked to another person. There's, I, it's like, oh my god, it's so. I just, I just covered that too. It was so fucking dumb. Oh. <laughs> and, and then, and then you get, and then you get people within the movement that will do this. They out of one side of their mouth, they will talk about like you know uh, opposing cancel culture and it being all like you know ridiculous and shit. And then they'll go flat 
you know, block you when you take an opposing viewpoint. And you're like, well, you're no better. Like you're you're doing exactly the same thing that you're accusing other folks of. Um, oh yeah, the li- Liberty, Liberty Liberty Twitter proved over the last week that they're just as bad as as cringy Twitter left us. And you cannot change my fucking mind. That's what that that's what this last week has taught me. You're no, platforming. We we've talked we've talked uh, actually in Malice's in Malice's uh, book, The New Right. He was talking about the idea that like you know these people that are like fringe, right? it's not just the left that has the monopoly on cancel culture. Like try being anti-war in the lead up to world war two, right? Like life was not a good time. If you were like, Whoa, hold on, maybe we shouldn't start a world war, you know? Um, and, but cancel culture exists throughout time. And it's not like any one ideological group has a, has a monopoly on it. You know, okay, I, 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 I grew up during the nineties where we were still on the fringes of the satanic panic and fucking Harry Potter was banned from my school because it was teaching kids to be witches and shit. Like we all forget about that, but that was <laughs> yeah. the thing. And, and, and anime, like they tried to, I remember the whole thing. They tried to take fucking anime off of cartoon network for some like cringe fucking like cancel culture bullshit. And that was the right. And, and yep. the ESRB, the fucking music industry, like, uh, what's his name from Twisted Sister having to go in front of the court and like explain like oh, we forgot about all this shit and now the right acts like they're all holy and pure about fucking cancel culture and it's like no dude sorry if, if you kind of think about it like the 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 lefts or, or I don't even know I don't even want to call it the left the, the more progressive voices that are calling the you know the right or like the Christian conservatives or what are whatever intolerant. I mean, they kind of didn't help themselves in the lead up to what happened over the last few years, because you're giving examples of situations where they could have just been like live and let live. And they weren't. They had to meddle in it. And that just gave ammunition to kind of like build that case over time for, you know, that kind of yeah. progressive. view. The, 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 the woke shit is a reaction. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it. it's a reaction to what happened in the 80s and the 90s and everything like that. And obviously it's gone way into the other direction to where it's just as bad as that shit. But like a lot of people skip over that of, you know, I, I was still like fucking beat up for being gay and shit in, in fucking high school. Like that wasn't that long ago. And yeah. I, admittedly I was in a very rural town and things have gotten obviously a lot better, but like uh, people, people forget that this is the pendulum swinging, you know, this is, this is the, the fucking boulder rolling between the two Hills and they keep crushing the normal people in between Oh yeah, and, it always over it, it it always overshoots, right? Like and and that's not that's not the, yeah, and, and that's not to defend the woke shit at all. I think the woke shit is some of the most fucking destructive, annoying, pointless bullshit I've ever seen in my life, and it's ruined the left. Like I I agree with Jimmy Dore hundred percent when uh, he was on Fred Hampton leftists like two days ago, and yep. he was talking about me, and he was talking actually about a, about a bunch of libertarians and shit too. And he's like, these are the people that used to vote for Democrats like 30, 40 years ago. And they don't anymore because how shit the Democratic Party is. And they've got they woke up to how bad the left is on a lot of shit. And it's like and that's Jimmy Dore. You know, I I think most of this shit, though, like this, like whole the the woke shit and all that stuff. Most of it's just a distraction, to be real. Like and it's that's one thing Dave's really hit on well this past year and that both sides of it, whether it's your feeding into it or reacting it it's just fucking bullshit and i think that applies too to a lot of this like unity stuff that's a big thing reed's been talking about lately is like and he's been applying for like tactically speaking like say like we all know like the richies the archies elisa you know those fucks like stop paying attention to them like it it's really that simple especially the people with the big platform 
just stop fucking feeding into them. And it's like, I, I know, like, I mean, platform whoever you want. I mean, I, that, that word's kind of cringy. But at the end of the day, like, you do got to realize, like, if you're some dude who has 15,000 followers and you quote tweet some dude to be like, look at this shit fucking take, you are displaying this shit take to the world and you are giving this shit take a, a fucking, it's it's 15 minutes in fu- of fame or whatever the fuck you want to call it. So, yeah. like, and I think, it, so it's like the reaction and feeding into the, these phenomenas, whether they be fucking just some asshole that's going against the unity or woke bullshit, most of the time it's just fucking, it's a distraction. And it's like, you're kind of, you're kind of feeding into this shit. You're kind of creating your own enemies in a lot of ways. So yeah, yeah. I I, I never understand, and I highly advocate against any form of punching down or punching sideways. Like, dude, there's there's so many people in this country that have so much power, so much influence. Some of them are actual fucking murderers and rapists and fucking warmongers and shit like that. If I go on your timeline and you're complaining about Maj Ture or Dave Smith or fucking you know like like tom woods or some shit like that and you're not complaining about like the president or the cia or these fucking like foreign dictators or uh, the people that actually have power it's it's bullshit and people always say like oh i can complain about what more than one thing at a time that's a lie i don't believe you because when i look at you you're constantly spending time either punching sideways at people that are like kind of on your level but have no power or or like jose said arguing with fucking nobodies about nothing and you're telling me oh i'm just uh, yet you're not using your time inappropriately like like if you if you want to be just a twitter shit poster and a troll that's fine i'm friends with the tower gang people they're not a fucking political thing they just like to raise hell if that's what you want to be sure but if you're if you're pretending that you're out trying to create create like real political change and like build political parties and organizations and, and organize activism and shit why the fuck are you arguing with these people like what i don't understand yeah. And it's also like a matter of what are you arguing about? Because for example, you brought up Matt Maj, like one of the big things he got shit for. I can't remember. It was something like super base. Like he called some fucking LP donor a faggot or something. <laughs> and, like, but like, and the guy wasn't gay. He meant it in the like in the fucking oh, yeah. in a different different way. And good. And, like, and I, I give the queer pass for that. I don't care. Okay, I don't care. It, it, but then it's like. So then the outrage became that. Actually, I might I might be wrong. He might not call him that. In my head, I imagine that because it seems way cooler him saying that. No, but, yeah, but, that's that's what I heard too. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, and that that became this distraction of this like thing they're arguing about. But it's like, who fucking cares that he called some shit some shitty fucking donor he didn't like a, a name? Like, who cares? Like, yeah. It's well, just, and and, it's her and then it's you, and then then it's used as this way to like undermine everything else he's doing, or at least mm-hmm. that's what those people that are punching up are going to try and do, right? Like they're going to try and delegitimize everything else that he's working on, and call him, you know, a homophobe or whatever, you know, and which, which it, it speaks to that point, right? Like don't even kind of like punch down or like even entertain that, right? Like if they want, so first of all, if you're not pissing off someone, you're not doing anything right. You know, because like you're 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 just being complacent or you're going along with the crowd. Right. Um, But the other aspect of it is, yeah, like they're just looking to try and use your platform and reach to get themselves more, which is one of the things I've actually learned from watching Mike Malice is, I mean, typically the only time he like, so to speak, punches down or whatever is just to kind of like pin someone to the wall. But it's not a consistent thing. It's like really calculated. The majority of the time. He's picking someone who's in like his his uh, replies and stuff that is like one of these professional reply people that has, you know, 
18,000 followers, and he knows that nine of them follow that person because they're reply guys too. And so that's what he uses to then kind of like, you know, increase his reach. Tactical but, trolling. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, like, and, have, yeah. have a plan. And also Malice is an agent of chaos. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. he, he's he's not really like anyone with any, don't get me wrong. Like he, he's, I don't know, he's just kind of an agent of chaos. So I, I, I don't know if I would necessarily use him as an example of, of, well, he, of he's, calculated. He's a, <laughs> yeah, like like so many people, like it happens It happens in, in the Unity uh, caucus, for lack of a better term, the people that are running the Unity movement, the LP all the time. Mm. People will get mad at Malice and be like, oh, Malice is like shitting on so-and-so or Malice is making fun of the LP or anything. Malice is a, is a militant individualist anarchist. He does yeah. not give a fuck about you or your party or this country or any of that shit, okay? Mal- Malice cares about what, only what Malice cares about, and that's yeah. what individual anarchism is, okay? So like, they're like, oh my God, he his messaging isn't good for the LP. He doesn't give a fuck and he's not part of the LP. I hate yeah. to break like... He, People just well, no, the, only, the only reason why he's involved in talking about like being press secretary is because one, he wants to be press secretary, and two, he just like, wants to, he fun. just wants to, he just wants to do what he does on his Twitter in real life to actual reply guys to their face at the fucking warehouse. <laughs> That's the only fucking reason. Bitcoin. You <laughs> 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 one Bitcoin a fucking month is what he said. I can't, I couldn't, like, I can't even fathom. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? That's he a just, lot of goddamn money. He just wants to sit in the press secretary room and call yeah. CNN reporters cucks and tell them that they're trying their best. <laughs> Like that's all we, he wants to do. Like a, it sounds like an awesome job, by the way. Oh, I, would, I would seriously like, like, fucking give, give up so many of my personal liberties just to see Michael Malice in a press secretary room, <laughs> just for like, just for like a month. Okay, like I, I, I lose my freedom of speech for a month just to see that happen for a month. I would do it because, oh my god, that would that would be like Murray level of fucking entertainment, dude. Yeah. Can you imagine the outfits? I feel like he would put so much pageantry into it. <laughs> he would he would I, he would, he would probably just walk up in like a speedo and a bow tie. Like who who knows? You know we we don't we don't even know what goes on. He'd wear a pencil skirt at least once. <laughs> well you know it would be themed based off of whatever the Vogue thing was, right? Like mm-hmm. he'd come in like, you know, I'm like the the blank face in that one interview is just yeah when he, when he when he dressed up as the question yes oh, <laughs> I, I was fucking dying when I saw that. <laughs> that's a good reference I, <laughs> apparently it was really uncomfortable too like he committed to it so yeah but uh, that's the no, that's the so, art of the troll yes yeah well I mean you got to play the part right I mean like you get you got to go balls too otherwise what's the point um, so uh, Jose uh, you wanted to talk about like the boog and and mutualism right so um from kind of like a base level magnus like how do you view i haven't read read very much on mutualism me either that's why i level, wanted to know like so what read what would you read, read pruhan he's great Pruhan's. um so so mutualism it's technically a left-wing version of anarchism but it's very different from like anarcho-syndicalism or anarcho-communism or anything like that um mutualism is pro markets in that sense but where it deviates heavily from ancaps is on property uh mutualism does not believe in capitalism in the sense of ownership of the means of production what mutualism mostly believes in is that you own what is in immediate use of you of like what 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 you are immediately occupying what you are immediately using that's what you own you cannot own something 200 miles away. And obviously, like just like with the NAP, there's a lot of different takes on that. And it's a little 
squirrely. But like my personal definition of it is like if you own like a bakery, like if you build if you build a building and it's and you, it's a bakery, well then you own that bakery. And if you want to build a house on top of that, then you own like that apartment above the bakery and that bakery. You can't create a bakery chain and have like 300 bakeries across the entire country that you maybe visit once every four years or something like that and, and say you're the owner of it because you're no longer in use. But another way that mutualism kind of deviates from left-wing anarchism is Proudhon and most mutualists are very explicitly against seizure of property. That's kind of where he split from it. He, he, he viewed property ownership in that way as immoral, but he, he was very explicit in saying that he didn't want it banned or he didn't want anyone to steal people's shit, that he, he believed that it would organically kind of phase out as anarchism went on and people would just not want to be, you know, these mega corporate barons or whatever. And you kind of see that right now in what's going on in the Rehova in Syria, which is currently like the largest anarchist project. And it's based on a, a Bookchin's democratic confederalism and mutualism to where you have a bunch of like co-ops and like community centers and everything, which is very anarcho-communist right next to small businesses and like, like small hotels and stuff like that. They're all privately owned and the privately. Oh, and this is the fundamental like belief of mutualism and why it's called mutualism. The private business owners don't want to upset the collectives or the co-ops or anything because they know it's not in their best interests financially, socially, or anything like that. And the co-ops as well explicitly are against seizure of property. So they both kind of just leave each other alone and live and let live. And if you talk to an ANCAP and an ANCOM, they'll both be like, well, you can't have anarcho-communists because they'll just try to steal all your shit. And you talk to a, you know, an ANCOM and they're like, well, you can't have ANCAPs because they'll just turn to feudal warlords. But then in the Rehova, you have them sitting like side by side and, and it's great and it's peaceful and it's, it's currently working. So it's like, that's, that's kind of the quick rundown on mutualism. All right, let me rephrase this in, in my own words and see if I can understand this. I mean, obviously this is about reading anything at all. This is just your quick summary. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is mutualism is the belief that in the absence of a state that we would – this is the, the natural way that property would present itself. And if for some magical reason there was someone who had you know, made some loose claim of ownership, which you to some extent wouldn't consider legitimate, of like multiple things across uh, whatever given space, you guys would not aggress against them for it. Yeah, we, we would loudly complain about it and we would be annoying Jehovah Witnesses and be like, hey, don't you want to give this property up to the collective? Come on, you know you really want to. But explicitly against seizing it, attacking that person, jacking their property. like Because Proudhon, Proudhon was before the, the communists. Like this, he was the original anarchist. He accurately de identified that if you're going to use force to seize property, then you need to collectivize to do that. And then when you collectivize, you awkwardly end up with a government and then that government turns tyrannical and that's why like bakunin and stuff like that were yelling at marx like to his face during the time period being like what you're doing is going to lead to a dictatorship and marx just told all of them to go fuck themselves and that, that his version of communism was going to be the best and we saw how you know that turned out <laughs> so it's like yeah. e even even the left wing like ancoms and stuff like that were more in line with prudhan and warning people like Marx, like, no, you can't go running around, like violently seizing the means of production and shit. 
and and it not go horrible and they were right you know so yeah that's that's kind of you're exactly right of like how that would okay go cool down. i i, I fucks with that I'm, I'm okay with that if anything i to some extent almost kind of sort of somewhat agree with you because me being an agorist i do think this is one of the flaws in ancaps is that we get these big boners for corporations and like we are not we because i mean I'm an agorist, but I see agorism as like a Here's subset. A I see I, <laughs> I see agorism as like a subset of ANCAP, but it focuses more on the idea that in the absence of a state, corporations wouldn't be able to rise the way they are. So I mean, in a sense, I kind of am almost in the same thread as you because like y- how you guys say that you wouldn't be able to have these like you know multiple o- owning multiple things like that. To some extent, that's kind of what agorism is getting at too, in that. In the absence of a state, that just wouldn't be feasible or really even be in your best interest because right. it's a state that kind of allows you to be able to, you know, incentivizes, you know, having these unwieldy fucking inefficient organizations like corporations and shit like that. Yeah. So, and, and like and like the, the most important thing to me and my biggest criticism of anarcho-capitalism and mutualism kind of addresses this is we always bring up like ANCAPs always bring up corporations and businesses and like, oh, how how would, you know a corporation just not form a government and everything all everything ancap say about that is correct when it comes to businesses like there will be competition pressure it will be doggy dog like you won't have this megacorp rise up but there is an issue with land and the fact that like there is nothing i, I always i always bring up the example of marvin haymeyer you know killdozer what caused him to like flip his shit and finally go off because the corporation bought all the land around his property just to fuck with him and drive him off. And then he couldn't get water. He couldn't have a road access his business anymore. And that's what caused him to snap. And there's none of the business restrictions in an ANCAP kind of world when it comes to land. Like you can buy hundreds of acres of property and then just sit on it because like it's not costing you anything. There's no taxes. And then if you wanted to, like, you know, uh, I've heard the argument before of like, well, the upkeep to keep squatters off would be too much. Well, it's like, OK, well, then I don't care about the squatters until one day I arbitrarily try to like go in there and be like, oh, well, you're all trespassing and then fucking shoot all of you, you know, like so that that's kind of like the only big issue I see in like the ANCAP worldview and mutualism kind of addresses that of like, well, no, you can't just buy a bunch of land and then do nothing with it and never go there and just own it like you have to be using it for something. I just think it's interesting that we're like kind of coming from different angles to kind of get to the same place because like I would say, and even a lot of ANCAPs are probably saying the same thing. It just wouldn't in a free world that just wouldn't really be feasible. If you have nothing to gain from the land, there would be nothing. And I mean, I guess maybe you could say you're sitting on it as an investment, but I don't know. I just, after a while, you know, in a truly private property type world, everything would be, you know, owned by somebody at some point. So, and it just wouldn't make sense to have that kind of large shit you weren't doing a goddamn thing with. So, but it's right. kind of, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. I like mutualism, agorism in a lot of ways kind of have kind of reached a, some of the similar conclusions in a lot of way, but coming from different ways. Yeah. And that, that's the important thing about mutualism is like when you compare like anarchism, like normal, regular, unflavored anarchism, left-wing anarchism and right-wing anarchism, these are kind of structures and like almost law isn't the right word because it's anarchism, but like legal structures in a sense, like ANCAPs are property, like ANCOMs are the collective and everything like that. Mutualism is more of a moral philosophy of like, if, if you're a mutualist, you don't want to do these things and you want other people to become mutualists just so they also don't want to do these things. But that doesn't mean you can't. 
and and that's kind of like a separate of like like you can be like an ancap in terms of the law of how you handle property but then religiously quote unquote be a mutualist if that makes sense mm. okay. well so what's interesting is like um you guys are are talking about this in terms of like all right where the overlap is and kind of like similarities and and also maybe things that might be like slightly different in terms of perspective or ideology, right? Um, or not just ideology, but like just perspective. So one of the things that I've been doing, like I've told everyone, I think I told Jose, Jose this one, like the the reason why a podcast is more so for me, it's like to learn and then I get to like bring people along for the ride, right? It's the cheapest way to have great conversations with important it's, people. I love it's, it. It's fantastic. And, it, and uh, the the best part about it too is like it, it keeps me going as opposed to like if I was, you know, just kind of reading on my own or something, I would probably hit a wall, you know? Um, but something that I've always been looking for um, or I'm always looking for is I'm always looking for that common thread, right? Like, so um, I did an episode where I was like, look, I'm not religious. I was, I was raised Christian. Um, but to this day, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself like part of an organized religion. But what I can see is a, commonality amongst not just religious thought, but all of these different types of perspectives of thought in like natural law, right? Like in natural rights, they are a common thread. And so you can have whatever color of that that you want, as long as you don't violate them, right? Like that's like the, the commonality. And it sounds like if, if we were just more successful in getting people to understand like what true like freedom looks like, that it wouldn't even matter what color of freedom they were choosing, right? Like, I mean, that that's really kind of the, the direction that I think a lot of us have to head in. The problem is, like, how do you make that tangible, right? Like, how do you get, like, there's no real slogan that, at least that I've heard of, like, that that's like, you know, let's all be free. Like, what does that mean, right? Um, less less so, prefix, more anarchist. That's what I yeah. always say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stress on the an. Right. Yeah, <laughs> more prefix, less suffix. Is I think is what you meant, right? Is that what you're getting at? Like I failed the English. Part? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you talked to me for a minute too, because it's the you're talking about the uh, anarchist without a uh, or uh, what's the fucking what's anarchist the, without an adjective. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I, I'm about that too. I mean, a lot of people get like caught up on the ancom thing, because like the whole distinction of because that is a big deal for like ancaps, like the ancoms, like because the idea is that like. A, depending on how they define their beliefs, a lot of them are like, hey, we're going to – if your private property isn't okay, and that is an aggression. Like a lot of people see private property as an aggression, and it's like – so for us, well, that's kind of a fucking big deal. So it's like yeah. – it's like, so I could see where the issue is there, but at the end of the day, like to some extent, I'm kind of down with diagonal unity and the fact that like, yo, like, uh, okay, cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. Once they start becoming like Bolsheviks and shit, I might be starting to get, getting a little sketch. But right now, I'm really not too scared of those factions. <laughs> yeah, no. that's, so that's, it's like, you that's know. Just, that's just the main thing, too, is like, like there's so many books and probably in like your, 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 you know, personal upbringing and everything like that, where everyone in the town knew that the guy that ran the VFA hall had like some crazy kooky politics or whatever. But like, they didn't care. Like, they had banquets there. Like, yeah. it's, it, it's so human and normal to just not give a fuck about politics in a lot of ways to the degree we do now and and it, it's alien to fucking 2021 like somebody the other day was like like why are you retweeting rome who's a good friend of mine he's a, he's a detroit communist and they're like why are you retweeting him and it, it, like if you don't like communists whatever and it's like dude 
all this dude does is like talk about like uniting communities and feeding homeless people. That's all he does. Why, why do I have to hate this dude? Because yeah. he has a fucking hammer and sickle on his t-shirt. What? Who fucking cares? It's a symbol. Symbols are spooky. Like, get over it, bro. Like, I don't give a fuck, man. What is it? What does that say about his personality? What does that say about how he conducts himself? How he treats his kids? How he talks to people? How he treats women? How he helps his? That doesn't say shit. It's just a fucking logo. Like, sorry, bro. Like that. This this fucking thing doesn't. I'm trying to point it. This fucking thing doesn't mean anything. The fucking igloo doesn't mean anything. The libertarian fucking thing the elephant and the donkey or what none of that fucking means anything that's not real life it's, it's stupid no it's, Tro- it's jerseys Tro- yeah, like it's team jerseys that's all it is right and and here's the other thing is how how pretentious is it to condescend to think you got everything nailed right like mm-hmm. one of the reasons why i would have called myself an atheist for a long period of time was like i was like how pretentious is it for you to be like you know I, I don't know, you know, Jewish or Christian or, or Muslim or, or whatever. Right. And be like, oh, we, we know it all. Like we have the true story. You guys are fucking idiots because you don't because you believe something different. And it never sat right with me. Like, how could anyone say, like, we have it all nailed, like, you know, philosophically or whatever. And everyone else is all wrong. Like, that's not even possible. Right. Occam's razor. It's whatever the most logical uh, answer is. And the logical answer is that everyone is wrong. And also everyone is right, right? Like that is the most logical answer. Um, and so I think that's what it is. It's like it's it's like we were talking about with the woke stuff. Like the woke stuff was just another flavor of being able to make people draw team lines so that we're, as crabs, we're just continuing to fight each other in the bucket and get to the top. When all the while, like, we're fucked regardless. Like even if you beat the other team, you still lose, right? Like the, the, the league still makes its money, you know, like um, – Hey, yeah, you, you, like, you can go back you, you can go back too and in and in, in, in like before the woke shit hit there's all sorts of articles of like tea party leadership in oklahoma meets with occupy protesters and has productive conversation like you had the ron paul shit you had the occupy stuff going on you had like the, the green movement like really coming in you had the lp like starting to hit its stride again like publicly like the yeah. unity stuff was happening and then we all blew apart in this stupid bullshit and and everything got corrupted and that's why i go with like the the getting past these labels that's what they're fucking afraid of because like like no nobody's showing up to dave smith or jimmy Dore. like the fbi is not showing up to their fucking house okay but the fbi showed up to my house well what did i do i said hey can we all get along and then the fbi showed up to my fucking house so it's like Mm -hmm. oh that's what they're afraid of like I haven't, I haven't shot nobody, threatened nobody. I don't have anything illegal in this house. I don't commit no fucking crimes. I don't like harass fucking public figures or anything. But the FBI show up to my house, and 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 the Secret Service showed up to my fucking friend Summer's house, and she she doesn't even own a gun. So it's like, that's what they're. That's obviously what they're fucking terrified of is the unity yeah. shit. I mean, there's a little bit more, more, more to what's going on there at Magnus, but but yes, I get what you're getting at. <laughs> that's why i brought up my friend summer because she's a blm activist she doesn't own any guns yeah. and they showed the fucking secret service showed up to her fucking house her anti-police yeah. memes she shared on twitter that was their their excuse for showing up to her house it's like yeah really but from so from that standpoint the they couldn't write you off as a kook 
right? Like, that's why they came to the house. If they could character assassinate you, they don't give a shit about you, right? Like, but if you're one of those people that is actually, like, has a good backstory, they don't have, like, a ton of skeletons in their closet, or at least, you know, they're not, like, a, a crazy person like Alex Jones, right? Yeah, the, like, worst, the worst they got on me is I said I'd wipe my ass with the flag of the Soviet Union. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Sorry, God forbid. God fucking forbid. <laughs> At one point, they're like, "All right, well, that's one for you because our magical sky flag is better than that magical sky flag, right?" And like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, no, but so that—that's something that, like, that—that that unity message is extremely important. I think the problem is that, like, we're fighting all of that baggage and bullshit that's just been piled on top of everyone for like a long period of time, you know? Um, but it, it's, it's really telling like, um, anyone who's not subbed, like go to Magnus's channel. It's just, it's just your name on YouTube, right? Magnus. Yeah. Go to Magnus Panvedia on YouTube and check out the, the unity or death podcast series, because it's absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, people from all kinds of different walks of life politically, as well as, you know, socioeconomic and stuff sitting there talking about the same stuff which is absolutely fantastic my, so, my twitter is confusing as fuck to like everyone because <laughs> i got i got communists and Mises caucus people and quote-unquote loser brigade people and and fucking democrats and republicans and like militia dudes and, and and caps and fuck everybody just like hanging out and there's no there's no fighting on my page like there's no shit storms in because everyone that's gotten on board with this shit takes us really seriously. And they're on, they're on, they understand the unity shit and they take this shit seriously. They're not attacking each other for any reason. Well, the it's other the thing is that you, don't have that, you don't have that drama going on. So like all the people that are seeking out the drama, like it's heroin, they don't find it with you. So that's why they don't gravitate there. That's why I, I, the only drama I had is literally sharing a meme about not giving a fuck about drama. It was the, it was the Mac, it was the Max Sterner meme where it's like, oops, almost stepped in some shit. And it was Liberty Twitter drama. I was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck, dude. Like I hate, I hate to break it to y'all, but I, I am nobody. And all of y'all are nobody and none of us fucking matter. So like, I don't give a fuck what you have to say if it's some stupid shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like i'm sorry it's funny i so, totally i totally almost caveated just to be a dick when you were talking about natural law and Sterner earlier but i figured no oh, i'm not dude, gonna, I'm not gonna you, break his mind me and, you had the, me and you had the same thing i was almost no, like go ahead. you guys you guys were talking Sterner before i haven't read much of Sterner, so oh you need to read Sterner because Sterner is 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 great it's 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 the right-wing libertarians most horrifying fucking subject which is the well, pretty much the birthplace of, of postmodernism, and and Sterner is like the absolute most postmodern postmodernist of all time. Sterner's it, whole yeah. thing is he he literally believes that everything is bullshit and doesn't matter. And it's so beautiful because I remember <laughs> when I read it, like when I read it, I've only read it once, and I've read uh, and it's one of those things that you need to read multiple times. Ego, and you need you to read, read ego, of, um, ego of his own. That's what yeah. you read. Yeah, that's what I read, and I obviously I've, I got Anarchist Handbook. I'm reading through right now. But uh, fucking, so I'm, I'm on the Max Sterner part right now. But yeah, it's beautiful. And you can like read it and you, you see so many influences of other modern like thinkers. Like you can, I can see Ayn Rand in there. I can see Konkin. I can see fucking like, I haven't read any of the postmodern guys, but it's clearly postmodernism in there. It's Roth, like Roth, the, Roth, Rothbard and stuff like that pulled yeah. a lot from him in terms of like the, the idea of like mutual, what's the word I'm looking for? like mutual association because Rothbard mm. and all the end caps really heavily they of like associate with who you want to associate with yeah. a lot of that's pulled from Sterner. Like, 
It's like think hyper, 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 hyper individualism. But even then in a way, but then it like somehow magically then becomes like a union. It's like his thing is union uh, uh, union of egoists. So, yeah, it's a, I, I, I mean, it, I don't know. It, it's, it's, I don't really know to start with it. Like, but yeah, he definitely like throws out shit like natural law and stuff. But it's like one of those things that once you start wrapping your mind around the concepts he's saying, it kind of makes sense. Because it's like if you, for example, if you apply the concept of hyper individualism and everyone is just to an individual level working only for their individual means, like what they think is best for them, but then you do that across an entire populace, at the end of the day, like it's kind of like one of those things where it's like what's good for the goose is good for the gander type thing. So it's like you don't need shit like natural law and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like I think I don't know if it was you that I talked to before. It's like it's like people get so caught up in like natural law and shit or like morality and like is it subjective, objective? I think it's subjective and that's fine. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like what? <laughs> like, like it's not really that crazy of an idea that like, hey, I don't want people to hurt me or take my shit. So wouldn't it make sense for me to promote people to not hurt people and not take their shit? Like, it's really that fucking simple. And people make it way more complicated than it needs to be and be like, well, natural law this or fucking objective morality. And well, if without objective morality, we could just do whatever the fuck we want. It's like, okay, yeah, but then you just have a really shitty fucking world. Like, wouldn't it make more sense to just be like, well, then we could just like be civilized human beings and work this out? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Sterner's whole thing is, is, is he uses the concept spook, uh, of spooky, of geis is the actual like <laughs> German uh, translation of like morality, law, government, like interpersonal reaction, uh, relations, like identity, sexuality, all, all this shit is a, is a spook. It's a, it's a creation and figment of the mind and the, of imagination. It actually has no power. And his whole thing is like, not that none of these things matter, but that you should constantly stop and just like on every single thing in your life and be like, do I really give a fuck about this at all? Like, like, am I, am I really not murdering people because I was told it was wrong or do I just don't want to do it? Do I really love people because my parents like raised me on like the need to love people and human compassion or whatever, or just love them because I fucking love them. Like, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's that simple. And you just, you start going through everything. And that's why I say it's the birth of postmodernism because. Yeah. Oh my God. His, his, uh, his, I wish I could remember his his take on love i just remember it being so oh, I, I just beautiful. i just fucking dropped yeah. the quote i'll read it too because it's so it's like his take on love is so beautiful because he takes it from an individual way which you'd be like oh well that's just selfish but it's like yeah. weirdly makes it so goddamn beautiful and it's like I'm, i don't know it's like the most romantic thing you've ever heard but yet coming from the selfish fucking perspective it's yeah it's I, I, can, I can read it right now <laughs> i love this quote too i shared it on twitter uh i love men too not merely individuals but everyone but I love them with the consciousness of my egoism. I love them because love makes me happy. I love them because loving is natural to me. It pleases me. I know no commandment of love. Mm. And that's, that's exactly story. He doesn't love people because he was told to, or it's culturally acceptable or, or men and women are supposed to get together to repeat. He just does it because it fucking feels good. And it's mm -hmm. like, there you go. Like that's, that's And so many people are like, Oh, Sterner just sounds like a selfish asshole. And like, like, he, he, he always talks about like like there's no such thing as property and shit so like oh he's a commie and all this and oh i love his take on property it's so genius and yeah. it's like it, 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 i i i got the quote for that one too it's like a <laughs> i i do not gaze upon your property as your property i gaze upon it as always being my property which I can, <laughs> so it's, so it's like yeah it, it's 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 to that point of like like only in in 
people get mad and they say he's stupid or anything like that. But I think it's, it's just undeniable that, especially in an anarchist society where there is no laws or government or anything like that, the only things that fucking matter are what you decide to matter. And if you decide it doesn't matter, then there's nothing telling you that it should matter. So it's mm-hmm. like, what do you yeah, then it then it comes down to someone else's ego to fucking combat yours and it's like but wouldn't it make more sense to just be in a uh state of symbiosis and not fucking be at odds it just makes the most sense like i like his take on property because it's like his take on property like really simplifies it like that what you what you have is what you have it's like really just i know it sounds retarded and it sounds like like but it's kind of like at the end of the day like if i go fucking kill my neighbors and take their house and I live in their house and no one ever does a goddamn thing about it. I know a lot of ANCAPs can read and go, well, uh, well, fucking that's an illegitimate property claim and blah, blah, blah. It's like, but at the end of the day, like no one did a goddamn thing about it. And here I am. So in what way is this any different than being my property? Like, yeah. and I'm like, not like, advocating like, doing that, like in a, in a free, in an anarchist world, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't like make sense because it's, there's obviously going to be other people that that's, not in their best interest to allow that to happen. Yeah, but, but it's, 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 a, it's a simple fact of the reality that if none of the, if, if it's not a priority to your neighbors to protect or avenge you from somebody, then so, like, you know, like how can you, how can you argue? You, you can, you can go through all of like the Rothbard and Spooner and everything and about all the natural law and everything like that. But if, if nobody decides that's a priority, but you and someone else overrides that, and nobody backs you up and nobody wants to represent you or whatever. That's just reality. That's going to happen in anarcho-capitalist society and anarcho-communist society. Like, like if, if you got nobody in your court and nobody gives a fuck about you, then that's just how, and that's how it, that's how it is now, even with the law, like the, the law, we only care about the law as much as we're willing to put energy into it. That's how fucking millionaires get off with a ticket and guys go to fucking prison for their entire lives over possession of weed is because that's how much we care about it. So I, I actually, I, I, I can see it from the standpoint of, I, I agree with you. Like at the end of the day, most people will go to some kind of centralized authority um, as a default for conflict resolution, right? Because they almost want to wipe their hands of it, but like they don't want to be the one to resolve the conflict. And so in those situations, you know, that conflict resolution has to do with the pre-work that you did, right? Like, did you build community? Do your neighbors respect you? Like, do you have a collaborative? And I'm not talking about a government. I'm talking about a bunch of people that actually respect each other, like you said. Like, if someone came and attacked you, they'd be like, whoa, hold on. Joe's a good guy. Like, I don't want this asshole living next to me, right? Like, um, that makes sense. Whereas now your, your neighbor, your neighbor is going to get to you before the ambulance does. Well, I, you know, like, which, yeah. is t- which is typically the case, right? Like that's the argument for being able to carry a firearm and protect others around you and things like that, right? Um, which, uh, interestingly enough, like that aspect of things, I think people nowadays, for some reason, whether they rationalize this or not, they look at law from a subconscious standpoint of if I'm getting screwed, I want everyone else to get screwed equally, right? Like I think that's the way they look at law. I don't think they look at law in this like, beautiful i mean maybe there's a handful of people that are deluded this way but they look at the legal system as like this way where it's like well look if my life's gonna suck their life has to suck just as much like that's that's what it is um which is where you get all these like you know law and order types that are like well you broke the law and you're like well it's a shitty law right like it it doesn't matter and they're like well i abided by it and you're like well you chose to you could have just broke the law too if you wanted you know um in fact nothing's stopping you 
nothing yeah. stopping you. No. If, if enough of you just didn't give a fuck, they couldn't do anything about it at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. there's plenty of laws that that are on the books now that that millions of people break every fucking day, and they just don't care because millions of people break it. And and to your to your point too, um, to bring up the Rehova again because I'm a big fan, and I'm actually gonna I want to have a show with a bunch of my friends that have actually been there to talk about it. But uh, they do something there called I think it's like the restitution councils or something like that because they don't have they don't have police obviously because it's an anarchist society they have volunteer uh community patrols and stuff but the way they handle it is they accurately identified that most interpersonal crime is based off of like issues that one or the other have or like conflicts or lack of something from one individual or something like that so they pretty much just sit people down in a room and ask like why you did this what do you need what is the problem and they they suss this out together to actually get justice. And this has been so effective in how they do things in the Rehova that they've ended like 200-year-old Arab blood feuds between families that have been like killing each other for years and now they're like best friends through through this form of justice instead of punitive or anything like that. And I think the the statistic they use is only one fourth of all criminal cases, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. ever go to a like court. And only, even a smaller percentage of them end in exile, and even smaller percentage ever like have someone get jailed over it. Yeah. Compare that to the United States, where it's like, oh, well, you dug in your neighbor's yard and damaged your neighbor's property, so you're going to go to jail for eight months, and we're all going to pay for it, and your neighbor still has a hole in his yard. Like, who the fuck did we help in this? <laughs> like, yeah. How yeah. is this justice? But that's exactly what it is, right? It's like my my desire. <laughs> to have a, a mutually shitty outcome to that person. Right? right. Like that, that's basically what it is. I mean, it's, it's some level of, uh, you know, an eye for an eye is basically what it is, which I, I mean, philosophically, most people will tell you that eye for an eye always ends up really bad. Yeah. They like, figured that out in the fucking Bible. Okay. So it's like, well, I mean, look, <laughs> look at, look at fucking Israel and Palestine. That's exactly what you have. And, and the other thing, which is also interesting because if you look at, the Middle East, like specifically areas like Iran and stuff like that, they were actually pretty stable for a long time. And we fucked in it. (laughs) And and in some cases they were actually like you're talking about with Syria, like they were anarchist um, like communities and things like that until we got in there and we fucked with them. And then we were like, here, take, you know, take some democracy, take some Liberty and, you know, we're going to make your lives better because you, we think you guys are a bunch of heathens. Like that's exactly what it was. Um, but no, th- that is that's really interesting because I think a lot of people, a lot of people also like in that drawing the the lines thing, they think like, well, if it's not ANCAP, it's all going to get fucked. And you're like, no, that's not true. Yes, like, it's just actually, not true. I have a rant about that actually. I, I was wanting to bring this up too. Uni- universalism is so fucked, and I don't know how many times that has to blow up in people's faces that universalism is a bad idea. The simple fact of the matter is one system will never work across the entire planet. There's yeah. too many of us. We're too different and we're too fucking weird. Okay. We found this in Afghan. Like almost everybody has found this in Afghanistan. Actually, this is the perfect like testing grounds of it to where like the Romans tried to bring like the Roman Republic to it. It went to hell. And then like Russia tried to bring communism to Afghanistan. It went to hell. We tried to bring democracy to Afghanistan and capitalism to Afghanistan. It went to hell. Why? Because the Afghanistans don't want that shit. Like the Afghans don't want that. They want to do their own fucking thing. And that's why like 
like hardcore universalist ANCAPs or ANCOMs or anything like that, like it's not going to happen. The whole world isn't going to be that. That's why the anarchist without adjectives or the anarcho unity thing is real because there's going to be parts of the world that want to do commie shit. And there's going to be parts of the world that are going to want to run a business. And there's going to be parts of the world that want to be a bunch of and prims and throw poop at each other in the woods. Like, <laughs> and if you try to force this on everybody, like it, it's either going to require a bloody brutal dictatorship or it's just going to go to hell. And like, yeah. I don't know how many times we have to you know, manifest destiny, all of the collapsed empires. Like, like it's, it's very West Western. And I bring this up in particular when it comes to like a lot of anarcho-communists that are universalists that want the global socialist revolution. Like, no, I'm sorry. Like there's, there's going to be people and not just individuals like us or whatever, but like entire cultures and shit. They're going to want nothing to do with it. Sorry. You just, you have, you have to build your worldview and your goals around reality. Reality will not adapt to them. Like, I'm and sorry. And that's kind of the beauty of like what we were talking about with Sterner is like that kind of like, creates a through line along among all these a lot of these different ideologies it's kind of like all right well i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do and that's that and it's kind of like it's the idea of individualism is you just and it's not to mean you can't work within collective it's just the idea of that at the end of the day you can control yourself you can control your sphere of influence and like being this like everyone needs to have this like larger concept that i have is just not applicable and it's like that's why i think once you start grappling with the ideas of fucking sterner you start realizing why shit like objective morality or fucking natural law is in a sense kind of bullshit. I mean, I think they have utility, but yeah. like, so like, like my thing is like, I like using like, I've said like religion has utility. Like if I can get you to the same conclusion on some concept and I think it's an important concept and I have to utilize natural law, objective morality, religion, whatever, I will fucking argue from that perspective to get you to where the conclusion I want you to be at. Sure. But then from there, then I may be like, later we can be like, all right, let's work on the logic we used to get here. And it, that's kind of like where I'm at. Like at the end of the day, like as long as like, I, I'm, as long as this kind of like gets you to the, to what's advan advantageous to me in a sense, I know that sounds fucked up, but it's kind of true. And what's advantageous to me is more Liberty. So yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And well. that's why like, like if you call your, call yourself an anarchist, this is, this is so much better on the left, as annoying as it might be to say, when it comes to reading anarcho theory, every goddamn ANCAP, okay? I have I have your reading list. It's real simple, okay? Fucking <laughs> e e e e e uh, Sterner's Ego and I is not long at all. Read that. Uh, what They have a 30-minute audiobook version of Voltarine's Anarchism. She's a mutual, American and mutual, mutualist anarchist. Listen to that on YouTube and read Prudhon. Because that is a lot of the like moral foundations of kind of anarchism without adjectives and stuff like that. And then you could you could build you, know, you could put that underneath or on top of either way your Rothbard, your Mises, your your Hess, and everything like you could do that. But like I highly recommend those three things in particular because Voltarine was the same way. Of uh, uh, Voltarine was a a, she, a woman like you know in like eighteen hundreds America. And she pretty much put it perfectly of like, she has this, this part in uh, her book, book that's just named Anarchism, where she's like, the collectivist anarchists and the Marcus anarchists are both stupid. Here's why. And then here's why they should just be allowed to do whatever they want. And here's why it's all going to work out and it's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. and this is 1800s. Like, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's the true, that is the true 
uh, manifestation of like individualism and voluntarism, right? Like the idea that, um, you know, from the Sterner-esque perspective that if I'm doing something because I, I feel like it's what I want to do, right? But that includes, you know, banding together with people in order to accomplish something. At least you're doing it voluntarily and you're doing it because of what your personal reward or, or perspective is versus like, you know, we're all in it together kind of stuff, you know, um, which, which makes sense. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people are really, they're just afraid. Like they're afraid to abandon what they feel is that true, like collectivist, um, you know, safety blanket, right? Like it might suck, but at least like I can fall asleep at night knowing it's going to suck like that kind of thing. Um, or knowing how it's going to suck, you know? Yeah, and like like conservatives and, and even some libertarians, I hate to break it to you, you're just as collectivist as the communists. And, and, oh, this, yeah. and this is how I, I bring it up. I wish I would have, I thought of this after I was on Dave Smith. I wish I would have said it on Dave Smith because I could have reached so many people with this. So it was so perfect. Of if, if you call yourself an individualist, and let's say you don't like BLM or something like that, you're not a big fan of BLM. You yeah. think that they're riotous and destroy property and want communism and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, this person standing right next to me with a BLM hoodie on, have they robbed anybody? Have they hurt anybody? Have they doxxed anybody? Have they burned anyone's businesses or, or, or fucking shot somebody or, or beat some? No, no, they haven't. Okay. So yeah. why are you putting the sins of a label upon them? That's some commie logic. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I come to these libertarians with of like, bro, you're, you're putting the sins of people that didn't even, like, you're putting sins of other people onto people that haven't done anything wrong. Okay. That's collectivism. And you're supposed to be an individualist. So, like, fucking wake up. I don't know. It makes me so mad. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't have, like, a punchy end to that. It's like, <laughs> I wanted to touch back on something you said earlier, though, how, like, you can kind of stack these ideologies in a sense on top of each other or philosophies. And that is one kind of beautiful thing because that's, like, with something like Sterner. Like, I know I said earlier that, like, uh, that, like, fucking objective morality or fucking, like, or natural law, in a sense, is bullshit. But in another sense, it's kind of not. Because, like, while I do, while I don't believe in objective morality, I do believe, I believe in subjective morality. That doesn't mean I don't have a moral system. Like, that just means I, I decided a moral system that I thought was the most advantageous or whatever. And for me, that was, like, essentially the end cap. And, like, and I, I can have little nuances in my thinking and stuff. And this kind of goes back to Sterner, too, where he says, like, I think he has a line, something about, like, you, your principles should serve you and you, you shouldn't serve your principles. I think, on one sense, I know a lot of people get all obsessed with their fucking principles. And it's great to be principled, but on the other hand, it's also kind of like you shouldn't be obsessed with your principles to the point that you're, like, you're just fucking, I don't know, just, like, holding on to them, like, a, like just for no goddamn reason. Like, if you come to a point where you're like, well, these principles don't serve me, then fucking like, then what use are they? Yeah. So like, it doesn't mean like, I don't know, there could be moments where you're like, well, maybe it doesn't serve me in this, this given situation. Like, ideally, I like to come up with a certain, I like to find an ideology that's most consistent, but I still understand at its very root, it's based in subjectivity and fucking like my inherent values. And other people may have different values. Some serial killer out there obviously has a different moral system than I do. Yeah. And like, I can say that's objectively wrong, but it's like, by what standard? <laughs> yeah, the who the, day, who the like, fuck am I? You know, from my standpoint, depending yeah. on the situation that they're in, it could be, you know, like a, a self-preservation thing. Yeah. Right? Like, like, look, that. look at, look at, look at the, the Rittenhouse situation. This is the perfect thing I bring up. People genuinely view that from like two different fucking realities. 
and you will never break through to either side on the fucking thing yeah. because again because it's very subjective no matter how much we want to play pretend this objective and that like we're the real objective ones and the other people are just brainwashed it's like no dude like there's there's so many elements underneath that and like your upbringing and who you're around and how you view other people and how you view other like types of people and how they like how you feel about certain actions places like it's fucking complicated dude yeah. and people there's like layers to thinking i think is what it is yeah. and a lot of people are too one track it's kind of like i think me and you're both getting at you know yeah so. and it's definitely with with sterner like the whole thing permeates all of it of like it applies to everything of the, the union of egoist kind of idea if if this symbol doesn't serve me anymore then i'm gonna stop using it if the lp doesn't serve me anymore then i'm gonna stop using it if libertarianism anarchism like my sexual identity even like if anything doesn't serve me anymore and is actually shackling me and causing yeah. me problems and holding me back from like being the best person i can be then it's fucking gone to where other people will like live or die on this shit and you're, you're seeing oh, this yeah. in the lp with like the mises caucus versus like the other people bullshit of like like motherfuckers about to get the mises caucus tattoo on their goddamn body and it's like dude <laughs> all, all all that is, is 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 a collection and a symbol and an ideology that may be beneficial right now and you need to recognize that and the moment it stops being useful throw it the fuck away like don't yeah. don't be married to this shit it's it's yeah. stupid well so from that perspective um something that also uh uh, has been discussed a, a, a bit and things like that is the idea of it, it came up in um, the the monopoly on violence and so if you watch the monopoly on violence they were talking about this like what the next generation of like true you know freedom would be in terms of you know po politics and and how you would live your life and it was this like this pan political idea right where sitting in your house right now if you know whatever representative democracy suited your mood right like you could say okay i'm a representative democracy person um and then tomorrow if you're like you know what i really don't like that anymore like i would rather be an ar anarchist or whatever and then you could voluntarily associate based off of what your persuasion was right um and so uh, i think that's why like the the concepts of decentralization and getting things as small and as local as possible down to the individual makes way more sense because the larger the collective grows, the more the abuse, uh, the, the universalist perspective ends up hurting way more and more and more people, right? Um, you end up with these imperialist kinds of wars and things like that that happen because of that us versus them mentality. Um, not to mention the fact that, I mean, you came up with this example before, Magnus, like, Having like that ANCOM uh, community living next to an ANCAP community, yes, like why would I want all of it one or all of it the other? What would be great is if one day if ANCOM town sucked and you were like, you know what, I'm moving, I'm out of here, right? Like it's part of the reason why we have 50 states and it's not like one big contiguous just blob of people. It's because you actually have alternatives that are out there where you could go to. Um, Absolutely. You know, and, and that like, that the volunteerist part of anarchism is what fucks people up because i always see this perfectly represented in anarcho monarchism and people are like how the fuck do you have anarcho monarchism that seems like polar opposites from each other but it's the simple fact of the matter is if someone wants to and i'll, I'll tell you what there's probably a lot of people that do want this just oh, want to be like 
you just want to be like, yo, fuck, like, fuck it. I voluntarily want to be ruled by a king. As long as they have the ability to at any point just be like, I'm good. I'm done with this. This is boring and move on. That's anarchism. Period. If they, if they want, if they want to have a hundred people in a room and they fucking like have anarcho pastaism where they like divine what they're going to do that day off of a bowl of spaghetti. If that's what they want to fucking do. Cool. Like it's it's no skin off my back. (laughs) You know? Yeah, I'm very much like I don't really give a shit as long as it's anarchy. Like, because like at the end of the day, like, because I know a lot of people like usually when we're talking about this, we're talking about ANCOM, ANSOC, ANCAP, and whatever the fuck. Like mostly the economic system. But it's like at the end of the day, as long as you're like I don't want coercion and I want to be able to do whatever the fuck I want, I can I want to do. And what like most of the time, most people's thinking is just like oh, once the state goes away, magically we'll we'll group up in collectives or magically we'll have fucking private property all across the land. I mean, I'm obviously lean towards that to where like more of like a Hoppian type society where it'd be private property everywhere, but I could be fucking wrong. Who knows? Maybe once the state withers away, we all fucking know, you know, decide like, Hey, if we all group together and work together and we, you know, we could have like the ANCOM type system or ANSOC or the fuck. The other day, I don't give a shit what economic system presents itself. As long as the coercion isn't present, like as long as we're doing it voluntarily, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, people, people <laughs> fuck up all the time because they just assume uh, again, like I, I always bring up Bookchin on your show, Matt, because he's so fucking great. <laughs> of, he, he, I forget the exact quote, but he has this thing of, of one of the biggest flaws of human thinking is that we always try to base like the outcomes or the results or the aftermath of our actions on the current situation now. That's not how the world fucking works, okay? If you were sitting there in 1980 and you didn't have postage to, like, send a letter to your dead grandma, you weren't sitting there being like, well, don't worry, because uh, as soon as we live in, like, a Lysander Spooner situation, then I could just send mail super cheap and for free, and I won't even need a postage stamp. That's why Lysander Spooner was a prophet, and we just need to have Spoonerism. Yeah. Because then 10 years later, you send grandma a fucking email. And, and he would have never known that the, the idea of the internet never crossed fucking people's minds. They had no idea they had no, they were calculating based upon it or anything like that. Yep. And, and boom, something changed. So like we have no fucking idea how, how things are going to turn out. And anyone who tells you is a liar. And that's the most annoying thing about ideologies right now. And why I've, I very heavily advocate like updating them is if you look at the most prominent kind of political philosophies right now, they're almost all dudes that were dead a hundred fucking years ago. Okay. Marx, the founding fathers, like Spooner, like Rothbard, Rothbard and Bookchin were the two most recent living dudes. And these guys died like five years after the internet became popular. Okay. Yeah. There hasn't been like, (laughs) even even then old, old fucking men, like old, old men. None of these people grew up with the internet. Like the, the, this whole new world we live in is alien to them to a degree. Still, there has been no post internet anarchists. And we won't know what's the next thing. Maybe we'll get fucking instant transmission and travel will become irrelevant or unlimited energy. And then like half of our costs of everything go down and we might have luxury Star Trek space communism. Like we have no fucking idea like how this is all so, going to go, you know? So you, you raise a fantastic point. And this is actually something that there is commonality across. I mean, like most people that hang that anarchy, you know, uh, prefix or root on whatever their perspective is. They'll actually agree on this. They'll say, like, well, you don't know what the world would look like if we just adopted, you know, anarchy, true anarchy or, or liberty, right? Um, the reason why the, the agorist perspective 
really kind of appeals to me is because it is kind of pretentious or, or uh, it's like an assault to be like, oh, no, no, we are going to dictate that you are going to live under anarchy. I think if given the option tomorrow, like you said, I think a lot of people would still stick with the state. They would be like, all right, well, I just want to see how it works out over there first. Like, I know what this is like. Let me see what that looks like. And with, like, the Internet and stuff, um, there's a dude who, and this isn't new, like, uh, 10 years ago, he took computers, Wi-Fi connected computers, and he put them in the middles of villages in, like, out in rural India, okay? And these kids didn't speak English. A lot of them spe spoke, like, Bengali and all this other stuff. And the computer's in English. He comes back three months later, and they know how to surf the Internet, send emails, they're teaching each other. Like, no adults are involved in the teaching process. And so he, he says it's like an example of, like, these self-assembling systems. Just that kind of example goes to, like, the evidence of, like, all of these conservatives that are like, well, masks shouldn't be worn in schools and CRT shouldn't be, you know, taught in schools and stuff like that. And you know what? I, I believe there shouldn't be any of those mandates. But at the same time... Abolish all schools. I, I mean, <laughs> get rid of them. Like, or, or you don't even have to abolish them. Just take your kids out. There are things that are available. Just take them out, right? Like, but for them, they are locked in this us versus them ba battle. Like, it's this epic, like, A versus B all the time for them. Yeah, and, and if like, it's like, not A, then it's wrong, you know? And, and again, human, we're, we are innovative motherfuckers. And yes. on the, on the uh, topic of education, we've actually, like, broken new ground in the last six months on this. And nobody's talking about it. But this is probably the most interesting thing that's happened over COVID is a lot of the lower like lower middle class and upper lower class moms during the pandemic when the schools were shut down they had kids that were really struggling with like social interaction and they couldn't they couldn't do the school shit over the fucking computer and they couldn't focus and everything like that so they started forming education collectives where these groups of parents with like 30 parents or so like that would pool money together and hire tutors and PE people and do have little like field trips and stuff like that. And they essentially created a micro school off their own money voluntarily. And that's better than all these fucking, that's better than private school. That's better than everything like that because you're building this tight knit group of kids who parents all know each other. All the parents are involved. They're picking the tutors. The tutors are coming. Like I think, uh, the one I the one I'm thinking of that was actually hit the news was like this this group of like 10 families. They would rotate which house the school, quote unquote, happened at. So the kids were like like sharing toys and stuff like that and like, you know, really getting along. And that's fucking revolutionary. Yeah. And, and that was some bored soccer moms in California that came up with this shit. Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing you're going <laughs> to do there was the, the like the fact of this us versus them type thing. With, it's like basically like a cultural war thing. And that's kind of like, you know, I know a lot we get caught up too in the left versus right on the cultural paradigm of like, this kind of goes into the economic thing I was getting at earlier. It's like, at the end of the day, as long as we have anarchy or something close to it, like who gives a fuck about this cultural divide? And But once you put in a state, this cultural divide becomes what controls fucking like, well, we're doing this or we're doing that. But you know, at the end of the day, yeah, like then it just then it just becomes like I know a lot of, a lot of us get caught up in like say like the Lou Rockwell take or like a you know like a Brianna Coyle type thing where it's like you know, very different takes like uh, we should have strong family values and that's the only way anarchy will work or oh we need to be super open and fucking be all for the gay shit or that or whatever the fuck and it's like I don't give a fuck as long as we have anarchy like I mean I have my opinions on what most likely would probably do the best 
But at the end of the day, like, that's just an opinion, and I could be fucking wrong. It could be anarchy could be the most flamboyant fucking, like, you know, gayest thing in the world and fucking be, like, super dope, and it's all voluntary. Or it could be the most rigid, goddamn borderline handsmaid's tail type shit, but somehow voluntary. Like who fucking knows? Voluntary, voluntary <laughs> handmaidenism. You just created a new ideology. <laughs> so no, you're right. You're right. Handmaid's tail cake, almost guaranteed. Almost yeah, guaranteed. That, but that 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 just goes to the point too. Of, of I've used this analogy before. Of the culture war shit is totally a product of the government because you're 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 locking a hundred people in a room and dropping a slice of bread and a handgun and then locking the door. Like, what do you think's gonna happen? You know, like, like we're gonna fucking kill each other over this power, and and like we like to circle all the way around to the very beginning of this, that happened with in schools of of the left is taking over now, but the right had that shit locked down forever. Yeah, fucking girls don't show your shoulders. No spaghetti straps. No Harry Potter. No metal music. Like that was my school, my publicly yeah. funded public school. Okay, the right that was all right wing bullshit. So like now, yeah, now it's left wing bullshit, but it's like it's because of the government. It's because we're constantly fighting over the stick and we keep putting more nails in the bat, passing the baseball bat back and forth, put another nail in it, attach a razor blade, whatever. Eventually, somebody's going to get clubbed. And that's where we that's what we see in Rome. That's what we saw in fucking Germany. That's what we saw in Russia. That's what we're seeing, you know, like what happened with Great Britain. Like we've watched this play out over and over again. But then people are like, no, I just need to take control of the government and make sure they respect my, you know, my culture and my religion and my race and ethnicity and everything. And then make sure by force that everyone else does it and then make sure they participate by force and everything will go perfectly fine. And this yeah, kind of so comes full, like, no. this comes back full circle to what we were talking about at the beginning of whether you're feeding into it or being reactionary of how this whole culture war shit is just fucking bullshit. Like it just feeds to like, you know put you in these two fucking you know sides you know whether you're feeding it or being reactionary like it's just all fucking bullshit at the end of the day this whole like culture war nonsense is just a fucking like basically an illusion like this is like not what matters and we need to get past it like it's a spook it's a spook it's a fucking spook (laughs) (laughs) well and it feeds into the imperialism too right like the the imperialism is us you know condescending to think that we have it nailed and then trying to export that to other places which makes it even worse, right? Like it then magnifies the universalism that we think is so fantastic, which is actually the opposite, you know? Yeah, look, look, um, look at look at like every bad thing that's happened, like like Nazism, Stalinism, the like the Crusades on both sides, the Muslim Crusades, and, and the Chris- it was all universalism, Man- manifest destiny, like all this shit was. Well, we need to make sure the entire world is on board with our bullshit, yeah. and it's always ended horribly. But uh, someone real quick in the chat uh, wanted to know. Uh, thoughts on free market anti-capitalism. Uh, yeah. I mean, Konkin, uh, you know, Center for a Stateless Society. I'm all about all that shit. That's good shit. I mean, I guess it depends what you mean by that. But like, because uh, capitalism is just definition. So like, that's 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 literally yeah. the the idea of like uh, Center for a Stateless Society. They have a great video on Reason Mag, yeah, okay. where uh, they talk about how capitalism and socialism are essentially anti-concepts. Because now, like in 2021, those words mean fucking nothing because they have like a hundred different definitions to a hundred different people. So that's why he's saying like anti-capitalist free market is like that's more specific. Because if if I go outside right now and I stop like like 50 people and I'm like, hey, what's capitalism? I'm not gonna get a coherent fucking answer. And if you go go ask, go ask a hundred socialists what socialism is, and and they will start fucking canceling each other in the comments, dude. Like. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. No, no you're, you're totally right. Yeah. I, it's like one thing I was, I had my discussion I had with, I had a read, read and fucking Clint on my show last night. It's not released yet, but fucking, uh, we were talking about oh, that. And I was, I don't know why we, we, we brought it up, <laughs> but we were talking about that too, about how like the definitions, I think I made parallels with lib unity and I brought up capitalism and how it's like, if I say capitalism, like I obviously have what I believe it is, but then if I'm like talking to a lefty, they're immediately going to have a completely different one. And now we're just like, there's no f- use in using that word. I know a lot of yeah. ANCAPs are very like set and like, well, we can't be giving up words, but it's like words are given de- a definition by people. So like, and I know a lot of people like going to this like 1984 shit, but it's like words have always shifted meanings throughout time forever. Yeah. And, and like, and, and, and so lang- language <laughs> is the original and most profound and successful anarchist experiment. There is no analysis had had this great thing on Lex Friedman about this when he was talking to him of like, there is no council of language. There's no authority on language. If, if, if I say that Matt's beard is blue and I define blue is what Matt's beard is, nobody's going to come and arrest me. I'm not going to get fined. Nobody can tell me I'm wrong because all language is, is a voluntary interaction between individuals to take these concepts and boil them down into beeps and boops to make it make sense. Yeah. So that, that is anarchism. So and that's so, kind of what we were talking about earlier with like Sterner and like how like the principles and like, if it doesn't serve you anymore, don't use it. And it's the same thing with fucking words. Like we get, I feel like people get too caught up and like, they're fucking like, well, this is goddamn capitalism. This is, this is what I fucking identify myself by and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I mean, and I'm not saying you shouldn't ever use that word. Like, obviously, if you're talking to a Republican or another ANCAP or someone who 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 you can tell identifies that word certain ways, but it's like I think we as like liberty, not we, I guess, but just liberty people or just people in general get so fucking one dimensional and like you know like don't, can't have such a hard time of grasping other perspectives that like if you're talking to someone who knows a fucking lefty, why would you use the word capitalism? Like why? Like you know what they're gonna take it as. Like yeah, what you are you? What are you? Use a different word. <laughs> what are, what are you? What are you accomplishing there? Like yeah. like if I if if I you know spoke Mandarin, I wouldn't go to a Japanese person and then continue to speak Mandarin when they clearly don't understand what the fuck I'm saying. Like you're just beating your head against the wall for no reason, for no purpose, because I gotta protect my words and my words have meaning and I need to stand <laughs> here and something something double speak new speak. It's like shut the fuck up, dude. Like like you're not accomplishing anything and that's why like i don't use capitalists i'm not even though like technically i'm not even a capitalist i don't use that when i'm describing free markets because mm-hmm. you can't fuck up free markets really free markets are really simple concept and you can sell that but yeah. capitalism has 200 years of baggage from like 50 different fucking directions so it's like you, what, yeah. you know what am you i gonna know do what? free markets could have some other fucking weird meaning three centuries from now for all we fucking know and at that yeah. point we probably should figure, figure out a new fucking word look at look at look at the, <laughs> look at the word look at the word fag over my lifetime, it went from stuff that hillbillies yelled at me to stuff that gay people like welcomed me as to back to a dirty word again, like over the course of like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that, that's the weird thing. Cause I would like, I'd go to boys town to the gay clubs and they'd be like, Oh, you're such a faggot in like an endearing way because, <laughs> because, because the gay community had reclaimed that word, but then the woke stuff happened and now it's a dirty word again. And it's like, well, it's like language is spooky. What's funny is like you, you came up with the the one uh, the one analogy of like speaking a different language to someone. There's some show where it was like someone speaking a different language, 
and they walk up and they like say it and like the person doesn't understand it. So then they say it again in the language, but louder. And a third party walks in and they're like, look, they don't speak the language. They're not deaf. There's a comedy movie. I can't remember where they just speak English slower. And he's like, the speed isn't the problem. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> deaf, right. Um, and then, so the other one is what's also funny is all of the people that are all like, um, Oh, well, you know, uh, you know, the Soviets, that wasn't real communism, right? Like, or that wasn't real socialism. And then on the other side, you have all the people that are like, oh, well, they'll say, oh, capitalism is like destroying things. And then people will be like, well, that's not true free market capitalism. And you're like, are you hearing both of yourselves like right now? Like it's the same thing, the same thing, right? Like (laughs) it's kind of what you're kind of driving at something there too, where it's like, Uh... there's something there. It really is. And I know like certain places aren't the place for it. Like Twitter, for example, like is not a great place to have these like, Hey, let's define our terms. But like, you need to remind yourself that people may be defining things differently. And so like, we've talked about like ancoms and shit multiple times. And it's like, that's why I, I don't remember. I said something earlier, but it's like, if I'm talking to an ancom, I can just immediately just make a bunch of assumptions and be like, dismiss them. Or I can be like, well, what do you mean when you say that? Like, mm. like, how does this to you? Because like, I mean, I know as an ancap, there's so many goddamn different like variations within just ancap. Like, so it's well, like within ancom, like, and a lot of people dismiss them offhand and be like, well, these motherfuckers are going to come try to steal my private property once fucking shit, shit pops off. But it's like, you don't fucking know that. Like, maybe ask them. Maybe they're a retard. Maybe they don't understand their fucking ideology. Maybe they don't really take it that seriously. Maybe it's some college kid that thought it was a fucking cool term. Like, that's you don't know. Of, that's, <laughs> a lot of, that's, that's the other thing, too. Um, Do not slander anarcho- anarcho-communism with a bunch of stupid Berkeley kids who have never once read fucking Kapopkin, <laughs> saw a red and black flag on some dude's face and thought it was cool and started calling themselves an anarcho-communist, okay? Yeah. I, it, it def- it's not as bad in the ANCAP community, even though we do have a whole bunch of people that have no idea what the fuck anarcho-capitalism is and they're fake. But in the ANCOM community, there are more fake ANCOMs than you will ever believe. And just just ask them. Have you ever read Conquest of Bread? And if they say no, they're not a fucking ANCOM because that's where that comes from. You don't even yeah. know, like, like, oh, I'm, I'm a Catholic, but I've I've never even opened the Bible. It's like, well, yeah. sh- shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, what do you well, mean? Well, yeah, label- to Jose's point, you, like, yeah. you're coming up on someone who's like labeling themselves as something, but they're not omniscient. They don't know everything there is to also know about that label. So maybe they're they're saying that because they met a couple of other people and they're like, these are cool people. They said a couple of things that I like. I'm now labeling myself as that. But now if you assume the all of the baggage that comes with it, maybe they're not on board with most of that stuff, you know? Yeah. I, I used the analogy the other day of, of a Klansman that accidentally joins the Black Panthers because he's a really big fan of cats <laughs> and he never bothers <laughs> and he, he never bothers to Google it or look into what it means. Like and there's a lot of people that do that. A lot of yeah. people are like anarcho-capitalism, so that's just super capitalism. Great. It's like, no. That's <laughs> the no. That's not and, what the fuck's going e- on here. And even if it is someone who's well-read, understands their shit, you still need to keep in mind what labels are. All labels are is a quick way to understand someone's like ideology. A quick way. It's not a perfect way. You can come up with quick assumptions. But at the end of the day, you still need to be like, like realize, like, for example, I can I call myself an agorist. Like, if I'm going to be specific, that's what I call myself, an agorist. That's like the most specific way to describe me. But even then, I'm not a perfect agorist within agorist philosophy. I have minor differentiations. I'm sure Magnus isn't a perfect mutualist. Like I'm sure he has minor like differ like differs in some ways in like what would be the conventional mutualist. 
Uh, I mean, I'm assuming, I'm assuming you're an ANCAP, Matt. I'm assuming the same thing with you. So it's like, and yeah. it's like well, when you get, have get these a, assumptions, you need to realize that. You know? Get a get hundred ANCAPs in the room and ask them to define the NAP. You're gonna get a lot of different answers. You get a lot of different fucking answers. Okay. I, so I think like, you could get two ANCAPs in a room and ask them because they wouldn't agree. <laughs> right. And that's that's and see a lot of people are like, oh, it's ideologically inconsistent. No, that's fucking great. In fact, I love that it's ideologically inconsistent because ideology is stupid. Like, like how how can anything be consistent across a million, two million, hundred million fucking people? Like what I I I I uh I forget where I brought this up on. I think I just made the I made a Twitter post about it, but people are like comparing statism to anarchism, and it's like yeah. you 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 want over thirty million people over hundreds of thousands of miles in completely different climates and cultures and races and religion and everything like that to all get together under one system and agree to to be very careful and intelligent with these super powerful tools of oppression, and nothing bad will happen. To where yeah. my ideology is. Hey, the people that are immediately around you, around me, we'll figure out a way to be chill. And I'm considered the radical, the extremist, the irrational person, the crazy person. <laughs> like, no, like you want to herd a million cats and I want to just hang out with my neighbors. Which one of us is the crazy person here? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, look, uh, we're going on an hour and a half. I, I want to make sure uh, that I'm not holding you guys out too much. And I also got to make sure my wife doesn't change the locks on me before I get home. But um, so that being said, I want to give you both uh, an opportunity. Where can people connect with you and follow your stuff? Go ahead, Magnus. Okay, uh, I got, I'm on a whole bunch of platforms now. I'm on PeerTube and Cat. <laughs> it, it probably exists. There probably is, anar actually, no, I've seen it. Uh, people want to anarcho cat girls. I've, I'm I've a seen cat that. reader. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so I'm not kidding. By the way, free market cats. Free market cat. I breed. I breed sphinx. So anyone out there who wants a sphinx in the Florida area, hit me up. I breed sphinx. So oh yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm on. I'm on PeerTube. I'm on Odyssey. I'm on YouTube. All of that. As that's my video stuff, uh, which is the Unity Death podcast. It's all under just my name, Magnus Panvidia. I'm on Spotify and Castbox under Unity or Death. If you want the audio stuff. And then just Twitter, really. That's kind of where I'm doing my things now because I've been banned off of fucking everything else. And uh, you'll probably see me on the ground somewhere at some point because I'm, I'm as soon as I get financially stable again, I'm going to go back to doing street activism because I'm obsessed with that shit. I love it. I did that. I've never felt more alive than when someone pointed a gun in my face. I'm one of those crazy <laughs> motherfuckers. So. <laughs> It's the only way it can come at this point. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Why are you single? It's like, there's no one willing to kill me. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just for show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Go ahead, well, Jose. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm uh, Jose Galison. Uh, my podcast is No Way Jose. You can find me on YouTube. You can also find me on just basically all the podcatchers. Um, fucking um, I'm, best place to get me at is Twitter if you want to talk. I'm echoing right now. I don't know why. It's really irritating. <laughs> I hate it when it does that. But anyways, uh, um, you can best place to talk to me is on Twitter. I just got on Odyssey, but it's not. It's still in the syncing process. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's really it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, look, if I could take one thing away from this program. It is that you don't have to have just one, right? Like you can have like all the all the surveys in the world. Like why not both? Like why not Pol all? Polygamy is right? awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I, hopefully your wife ain't up. I, I do not I do not look upon your wife as your wife. I view her always as my wife. <laughs> Sterner on sex. <laughs> All the bitches are mine. <laughs> according to Marx, according to Marx, he was a very annoyingly handsome man. That's how he put it. So <laughs> I, that probably means that's actually I, exactly the way you looked at women. <laughs> Gentlemen, have a very good evening. Thank you very much. We'll have to do this again sometime. Oh, yeah, brother. Appreciate it always. Yeah, it was Thanks. fun. Thank you again for tuning in. This is a quick reminder to subscribe, like, share, and comment to help get the message of liberty and freedom in front of as many folks as possible. See you next time on Why Libertarian. Why Libertarian.